Hi everyone, I have a very fun podcast for us today about language and thinking and feeling and that what I believe to be a horrible cliche of use your words. Um, I really want to unpack that uh, with you today. Uh, it's going to be just me today and probably for the next few weeks. So um, let's get started. Uh, one of those teacher cliches that parents have somewhat adopted is that idea when a child is frustrated or physically uh, acting out, whether they're hitting, pushing, um, tantruming, we tend to say things like use your words. Um, and I think that that just misses the point of the deep place and process that language comes from. Um, I also think that if I said it to you while you were having a disagreement with your spouse or your partner, your mother-in-law, um, your least favorite um, telephone customer service person, um, you know, you just get frustrated and angry and it's really hard to think and feel at the same time. And so I think better than telling children to use their words will be to unpack those social emotional skills to help them find the right words, the right message, the right solutions, and the right problem solving. Um, so I want to talk about language. I want to talk about the excitement of it and, and the limits of language um, not always being as accessible as we want it to be. Certainly how we speak to children, the time we give children to speak makes an enormous difference in their language, their literacy, um, and that problem-solving ability. So I want to start with the idea that um, with young toddlers, I want you to think about making a language sandwich around everything that they're doing. I want you to take all actions, all directions, all your, all your wishes and hopes and needs and start putting them into language so that you are the best role model that your child could ever ask for. I want you to, to practice describing what's happening in a moment. Um, I'm changing your diaper. We're getting ready to sit at the table. I, do you want me to cut this um, into two pieces or do you want one big piece? Using language um, in all of your interactions helps children start to become a thoughtful thinker and a thoughtful listener and eventually a master communicator. So um, starting at the age of, starting with babies, um, but especially with young toddlers, when you're starting to get that sense of how's their language coming after they master the walking and they're starting to climb a little bit, um, that's usually developmentally the time when you start to see a real curiosity about language. So uh, you will create curiosity and adventure by interrupting actions with language and letting them have that pause to think, to feel, and to become a little bit self-aware um, with, with an inner kind of reflection that I think will be magnificent. So um, start using that language sandwich, start putting choices into words, please, please, please start playing a million language games and don't let them ever stop. Um, whether they are, even your school-age kids, um, love the idea of those um, jump rope rhymes and songs and patty cake rhymes. There's just so much fun stuff 
that um, tongue twisters and puns and corny things that language can accomplish, not to mention humor. Um, but with your little ones, I want you to be playing telephone. I want you to be singing all those rhyme songs and silly words. And, and most of all, uh, in addition to that language sandwich, in addition to putting words, sentences, descriptions, observations, and, and, and I think they, the, the way the literature describes it is the sportscaster announcing. Um, it's okay as your children are starting to learn language and to start creating cognitive images that go with their experiences that you can narrate um, like a sportscaster does a football game. Um, let them know blow by blow, moment by moment, what's happening and taking place. Um, then as language gets to be more complicated, I want you to, to start talking about events before and after they happen. I think that that should be part of your car riding time. I think it should be part of your bedtimes, your meal times. What did we do today? What will we do tomorrow? Um, again, you're, you are creating the deepest possible thinking skills because your child is realizing that so much of their world is exciting and can be manipulated in their brains when it's not present and immediately here in front of them. That they can talk about um, parents when they're off at work, when they can talk about what they're going to buy at the store, when you go to the store in a few hours. Um, you know, you can just start making plans and revisiting um, things as they've happened. Who did you sit by at your table at school today? Um, who did you play with on the playground? And again, not always um, as an interrogation, but as a how do I capture your life, your world in, in language? And, and then we're gonna get to the feelings that we could also capture. And of course, everything we know about children's learning is that the learning is exponentially deeper, richer, and, and more fully um, realized when we create positive emotions around it. So that's going to be true for language as well. So when you're using rich vocabulary to describe what's happening or using rich vocabulary in their books, um, words that they might not have, that you might not be using in regular conversation, that creates um, surprise and joy and, and that sense of, hmm, I like that word, I like the way it feels. Language also has a deeply emotional component to it. I want you to create really rich, multi-sensory experiences. So much that we know about the six million word gap that happens um, with children who do not have um, the all important language skills when they're starting kindergarten is that these children often aren't getting the first-hand experiences that go with the language. Um, they don't know about depth and distance and shapes out there in the world. They don't know about real live animals and the feel of fur. What you wanna do is create the richest possible experiences of your children's lives so then, then they can be connecting language to a deep emotional center within them. Um, and that will, will just, it always heightens learning. And, and all learning, um, all cognitive learning is based on emotional connections, security, and most importantly, on love. 
Um, so I also want you to go with the tall tales and exaggerations. Bring in imagination um, because, again, that's going to bring in this kind of flexible thinking that becomes so critical for, um, especially for pre-K kids and kindergartners, but it starts with our toddlers' twos and threes. And so that means when you're reading silly books and you're making monkeys um, drive cars or the bears bark like dogs. Every time you flip reality in a different way, you are creating a brain uh, patterns and opportunities that are not created by a purely logical, rational, concrete world. So go ahead and have fun. Tell those stories. Go for the exaggerations and allow the humor to come into the language and the feelings. The biggest part, I think, though, about language and feelings is going to bring us full circle back to where we started, and that is the, the emotional parts of language. We're trying to help children with social-emotional um, patience, confidence, and problem-solving so that they can manage the temper tantrums, the frustration, the impatience, the confusion, the doubt, the ambivalence, you know, those are big emotions for grown-ups. And when our children are feeling them, we want to be there to support them and connect the dots that says, I know you're sad, I hear you. Um, let's take a minute and then we can look at that um, from a distance with our words. Yeah, you, it was, it, you, you got upset when mommy left the room. Yes, um, you didn't want to go to bed when I said it was time to go to bed. Um, you, you were done with your food, and instead of, instead of saying enough, you, um, act, you, know, you, you threw a temper tantrum or you threw your food on the floor. You, know, you can help them sit back, reflect, and make different choices. There's another cliche. Watch out for all of those teacher parenting cliches. They start in a really good place because they were educators' attempts to make complicated developmental skills accessible and simple for young children to learn, but there are no shortcuts to the thinking, feeling, and, and then placing all of those big concepts into language. So most importantly, I want you to slow down, wait for language, and break down all of those big social-emotional skills into um, smaller pieces so that you are describing where your child is, evaluating the different options before them in terms of how to express that, and then how what kind of behavior choices come from that. So there are many, many layers to good choices. And, and, and make good choices is sort of that cliche, like use your words. It's, it's just children can just look at you and be like, yeah, so how do I do that? Um, it's like too many no's. If you're always telling your child, no, don't do that, no, don't do that, no, do, don't do that, then they are in this black hole of having to figure out in a very urgent, um, crazy way, uh, how do I figure out what I should be doing? What are you asking me to do instead? You're asking them to flip a script in their own head, and that takes patience, calm, and maturity. So I want you to love your children's language. I want you to be really great language models for them, and I want you to um, help them capture the magic of their world in words. 
There's nothing better. There's nothing more powerful. And it gives them a freedom to discover themselves and their relationships with others in a, in a beautiful, wonderful way. You know, it's funny because every writer knows how hard it is to capture a feeling uh, or a situation in words um, and, to, and to really feel satisfied with that translation. So it's never easy. It's very complicated. And cheers to you and to your children as they discover the magic of language. Have a wonderful week. I'll see you next week, my friends.